Attended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Reds podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in Major League Soccer, Toronto FC. Toronto lost 5-4 to New York this weekend. I'm here to recap this game and talk about the team so far on the season as kind of our weekly episode update on our favorite team in Major League Soccer. So, to start off, obviously this game had its ups and downs. That is for sure. But how can you not start off talking about this game without mentioning Jesus Jimenez? Jesus Jimenez has been an absolute menace when on the field for Toronto FC. He is a goal scoring machine like machine this guy has been scoring so many goals he looks like you know what he you know what he looks like when i watch is when you play pro clubs you know like fifa with your friends and you're playing striker and you're just scoring goals by you know the through balls and you're just finishing everything that is what he looks like right now and i love it i love the way Jesus Jimenez is playing because this team has lacked a player like Jimenez for the last couple seasons now. Obviously, Josie Altador was the focal point of our attack up top, but due to injuries, we missed him a lot. Io Akinola, <clears throat> sorry, is you know an awesome talent, and I have full confidence in his play. But what Jimenez is doing right now is incredible. You know, he scored two goals in this game inside the first thirty minutes. Osorio and Thompson both with the assist on those goals respectively. What a performance in the opening 30 from him. But if you go to the exact opposite position for the Reds, which was goalkeeper Alex Bono, this first 30 minutes was insane. I cannot believe how good Alex Bono was playing. As a goalkeeper myself, the amount of respect that I have for Bono's play inside the opening 30, and we all know he gave up five goals in this one, so... I'm not going to be like, oh, he was insane all game long. There were some ups and downs. But these first 30 minutes, these first 30 minutes were incredible. New York had 11 shots on goal in this game. 22 shots attempted. So Bono, yes, did give up five. The ratio is not beautiful. But still, the play that he did in that first opening 30 were... The ball was sent into the box. It was just him and Castellanos, I think it was, of New York City. And he stoned him on a breakaway. On a breakaway. It was it was like a short mini breakaway. It wasn't like he was running on it. But he did the slide, had the left leg out, and it got just enough of the ball that it went way over for a corner. That play was extremely important because then after that, Toronto FC went on to score. So... Yes, the Reds did lead 2-0 in this game. They did blow it after. They really couldn't put the stake in the ground after Castellano scored. Castellano scored in the 38th minute. Then, after halftime, when Toronto FC was leading 2-1, Toronto FC gave up four goals in the second half. This is the second time, I believe, this season, this team has given up four goals in a half, which is a massive, 
massive problem. To give up four goals in the second half here to lose 5-4 is a result that I'm not happy with. That's why my tone on this episode has been all positive at the start with Jimenez and Alex Bono. Now we're going to start trending into the negatives. So after Castellanos' goal, Thiago Andre scored in the 49th minute, Rodriguez in the 54th minute, and Parks in the 58th minute. That is three goals in a span of 10 minutes. That is something you see in a high-scoring sport like hockey, where you're just trading chances. And to have a team that has such high ambitions to concede three goals in a span of under 10 minutes is not okay. I love Bob Bradley and everything he's done for this team so far. The team has a 3-3-2 record. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, they're playing like a playoff MLS team right now, but this moment in this game is the reason the Reds lost. And that sucks because, you know, they played so well to start. Yes, New York was firing on all cylinders. They were dominating the offensive opportunities. They were really holding TFC down in the defensive zone, forcing them to stay compact and really playing some solid play, I must admit, defensively in the first start. But then Schafflenberg just, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if his position is going to be as a wingback. Yes, I know he can provide that offensive touch, but, you know, this game was frustrating from a lot of standpoints. I'm not going to pinpoint on players um, because I think it was a group effort, like a group defending-wise result here is why they conceded the first, uh, you know, three goals of the second half in a span of eight, I think, nine minutes exactly. So then after that, uh, Bob Bradley puts on DeAndre Kerr and Caden Chung. They come on in the 60th minute. Um, but in the 75th minute, Gabriel Pereira scored to make it 5-2 New York City. So, you know, frustrating. That's the fourth goal now inside 25 minutes of the second half, and that kind of looks like it's game, like right at that point. And I was frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I was really upset with how this team showed in the second half. I thought, you know, even at least taking a draw from New York City would have been a win in my books because we know New York City is one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. They are the reigning champions. Obviously, this year they haven't had the best start, but they're going to be good. Castellanos is starting to fire, so I'm not worried about him. But, you know, it wasn't until uh, the 86th minute when TFC finally got their life back, and it was a goal from DeAndre Kerr. I really like Kerr's play. Um, you know, coming off the bench, I think he provides us with, uh, some speed and some offensive attack. Uh, I think he's a great player. I love how he plays off the ball as well. He's really technical. Um, but we go to the 90th minute now after Achara came on for Kosi Thompson. Um, Michael Bradley in the 90th minute gets a goal assisted by Pozuelo. Obviously this was a minute before Morales' red card is second yellow of the game, but, 5-4 in the last minute. Yes, it was a cool comeback with two goals to make the game interesting, but it wasn't a full completed comeback. And that's what's frustrating because if Toronto FC was able to put a stake in the ground after Thiago Andrade's goal in the 49th minute and just held it to a 2-2 game, Toronto FC most likely would have left with a draw or the full three points in this game. And to have games like this moving forward, you need to eliminate all possibilities of because we just saw this in a couple games at home ago. I think it was the home opener. Exactly. They gave up four goals inside the first half Toronto FC. 
yes, I don't expect them to be a dominant team in Major League Soccer this year. They're so young. It's a whole new revamped team. Many new players, new head coach, new systems. But this was a result that I never want to see again. Because this was a winnable game. Yes, New York City was probably the better side if you want to go full technical. But, you know, Toronto C just, they sh- they need to prevent these games. Because, obviously, I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, well, at least if they get to the playoffs, playoff soccer is completely different. You're not going to have these high-scoring games that Toronto FC struggles with. Because Toronto FC, the problem is right now is now we're starting to get the offense going. But now the, with the offense comes the defense. So we're just trading chances with each other, with the opponent. And I find that's a problem. Obviously, you know, we're still dealing with injuries. No Lorenzo Insigne yet. I still have high hopes for this team. I think they will be in the playoffs when the year is done. But New York, they led in possession 58%. Uh, 58%, sorry. They had more corner kicks. The part where I want to bring up is the crossing. And New York crossed the ball a ton in this match. Actually, 25 times. Take that in. So, you know, obviously they wanted to put the pressure on Toronto FC. Maybe that's something the New York City game plan was focused on. Maybe they think Bono's not the best at claiming the ball up top or if the D that we have here in Toronto, because it's banged up, struggles with over top balls. But... You know, giving up 25 crosses is something you don't want to do. And that explains exactly why they conceded five goals in this game. So I think Toronto FC needs to do a better job at, you know, attacking the width of the field. I think they give up a lot of opportunities um, from the outside. I think they're actually, out of all MLS teams I've watched this year, and I've watched a ton of games, I think I just need a few more teams to complete at watching every single game this year. Um, every single team this year, sorry, in these opening weeks. But I think TFC might be the worst team in the league when attacking from the width side of the field. And offensively, they do pretty well with it. But defensively, it's like they compact. And yes, the goal is in the middle of the field. But if you don't attack the width of the field, then you're going to get burned sometimes because you can send a ball in. And when you send balls in, Toronto FC, it looks like they have a trouble with man marking in the box. They do. Like, it's evident. Go look at the highlights of all the last few games here this season. And there will be somebody in the box that's not covering their guy or some cross that mixes up the team. And I think that has to do with communication. And that's expected because we have such a different roster this season. But I think now we're starting to see teams pick up on Toronto FC that you know, when you attack the width of the pitch, you're going to be successful. And New York did that a tremendous amount tonight. And, you know, that's something you got to look at for the next game. You got to fix that. Um, You know, Philadelphia Union did the same thing in the last game as well. They had 17 crosses. So obviously teams are starting to look at Toronto FC and seeing that they have trouble with attacking the width. And I think with this, you kind of have to play a more defensive balance system, maybe kind of drop to five at the back for the most time. I'm I'm completely okay with that. My ideal back line I would have no problem with is if you have Mavinga, O'Neal, and Salcedo as kind of the three center backs, and you have like a Schafflenberg or you know whoever you want to put on the right side. The right side's difficult because 
obviously lack of numbers here and Marshall Rudy was kind of the guy that was supposed to be there. So TFC still looking for answers. So the right side, I'm going to leave open to you guys, but if you kind of have a more defensive based structure where you're attacking the width of the field, I think Toronto FC is going to be a lot more successful and Philadelphia union couldn't capitalize on these crosses, although they tried, but New York city did. So that's something for me to watch in the next game. Now, Toronto FC is a good team. They are. They're going to be successful this year. I believe it. The way Jesus and MS has been playing, um, you know, arguably MVP level right now. I know he, he's done a lot of good stuff on the ball and in terms of attacking and scoring goals. Maybe if you want to talk about his play off the ball and all that stuff, you can dive into it. I'm not saying he should be MVP, although he's playing like it. Um, I think he's found his, you know, confidence in this league now. Obviously coming from Europe. It's tough to find that traction, but he looks like he has a good feel with this team. And he's really found that game that we need here when he plays for Toronto FC. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm excited to see long-term. Obviously, when Insigne comes and Pozuelo's starting to get better and better as the season's going along, I think he's starting to work off some rust. A lot of criticism on Pozuelo, I think, is unfair. A lot of people are like, oh, his age, his age. That's why he's rapidly, rapidly declining. I think it was just the injuries he picked up over the last couple of years and how the team was last year and the lack of help he had. I think that's how you started to see him kind of trend downwards. But Pozuelo looks like he's ready to go this season. So I know this team has high ambitions. I think they're going to be really successful. And, you know, these next two games are winnable games for them. They have FC Cincinnati and a home and home. The first game against these guys will be at BMO Field, um, you know, it's an afternoon start on Saturday. I believe it's a 3 p.m. kickoff. So if you are there, be loud, represent our Reds. Um, so FC Cincinnati, I'm just going to keep it short. They're 2-5-1, 14th in the Eastern Conference. Ever since they entered the league, they haven't been that great. I'm sure everybody knows that. Um, so, you know, it's not like they're somebody to take lightly because you should never take anybody lightly in this league as we've seen it throughout all North American sports. When you underestimate your opponent, that's when you get caught and exposed. They still have Nick Hagland, uh, former Toronto FC player. Um, Luciano Ocosta is probably the guy that I would watch out for. <clears throat> um, you know, in this uh, short season start so far in eight games played, he has two goals for one assist. Uh, he's 27 years old from Argentina. This is their kind of big signing. Luciano's really good off the ball. He's quick. He can make plays out of nothing, um, especially with Junior Moreno. And Junior Moreno has had kind of a slower start to the season, pointless through eight games. But, you know, this is the same guy from last year who was one of their better players. Um, he's 28 years old. You know, he's really sound in his possession-based game. I'm a big fan of Junior Moreno, but this team is its just its lacking the offensive output. And I think that's like obvious. They're not the team that's going out there and splashing the money. Um, Yuya Kubo is probably the, the main guy of this team, but he's pointless through eight games as well. So, you know, it's tough to pinpoint some positives on this side. Um, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of them. I think they could be better as the year goes along. They do have nice kits. I'll give them that. If there's a positive. I like their jerseys, but you just need to win these games as Toronto. Just get the result. 
I don't care how you do it, just win. These two games here should be six points in the bag. And that is because of the amount of faith I have in the squad. And they have some really, you know, underrated players um, throughout this team here in Toronto. A lot, a lot of it is actually coming from the younger guys. But this team is just a tier of a different level above FC Cincinnati. So I'm not that worried, um, although you cannot underestimate your opponent because FC Cincinnati, for some reason, has, uh, you know, played pretty well against TFC, especially last year. So obviously not a team that I'm nervous about. But the weird thing is with Toronto FC is when there's a game that you think that they are probably not going to win, they actually show up. And then a game that you think that they should just cruise through, uh, they don't. So it's really interesting. Like I did not think that they would beat Philadelphia uh, without Carlos Salcedo, and they did it beautifully. <laughs> that was all because of the team effort, and Pozuelo showed up in his MVP form that game. So, you know, I have high hopes for this team. We're at home. We're at BMO Field. It is starting to get nicer, the weather, so I'm sure you're going to have a nice attendance there. Um, but I just want to see more of attacking the width, and I think there's no better opponent to try out a new system with that's more defensive balance-based, attacking the width of the field against FC Cincinnati. And the best thing is you have a home-and-home with FC Cincinnati. So after this game at BMO Field, you will be traveling to Cincinnati to take on the exact same team, this time in their house. And like I said, they lack the attacking options. All the guys I mentioned, you can see, they lack the attacking options. Junior Moreno, Kubo, like those guys are very good players, but they're having a slow start to the season. And that's something for you to take advantage of because in this league, we know that you need to take advantage of every week because sometimes when we get into playoff clinching scenarios, it, it's like it comes down to even a point, like a single draw. So I think there's a good way to find your groove here against FC Cincinnati back-to-back. Although you have to watch out for Dominic Badij or... Uh, Bad guy, sorry, I've totally botched his name. Um, I cannot read. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I watched the last game Cincinnati played. He's really quick. Um, he can bite you. He had two shots on goal. Uh, if you do not, you know, keep up to par and stay on your man, this is a guy that can burn you. And that's what I fear with Toronto FC. Uh, we know, like I said, the long ball has been hurting them as well this season. And they do play with a high line. So, obviously, teams are going to attack them like that. And that's probably why you're seeing teams attack from the width of the field. Um, but, you know, Toronto FC needs to get that back line sorted out. They need the communication to be sorted out. It's a new team. This team has high ambitions. They're coming off a few wins uh, before losing in New York. So, I think they're going to get a good result here on Saturday. I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm going to try and be at the game because uh, there's nothing better than spending a Saturday afternoon at BMO Field. Uh, with all the TFC love and support alongside. Uh, watching games in person are just so much more spectacular, and I think we can all agree to that. This city is born for winning. This is a championship city, so obviously we know what winning feels like, and I hope we keep doing it from here on out because I love this team. I have high hopes for this team, and I'm excited to see what they can do when Lorenzo Insigne dons the red uniforms. That's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Reds podcast. Let's go beat FC Cincinnati on Saturday.